You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. into the word of the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. It says, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking up bread and in prayers. If you've been around church for any length of time, these are not unfamiliar scriptures. You would have read or heard these preached about probably on many occasions. The day of Pentecost was a powerful, powerful history-changing event. Amen. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. The infilling of the Holy Ghost took place that changed the trajectory of lives from that day forward. Peter, after preaching, gave the instruction, and the Bible says at least that we know of 3,000 people who responded to by repenting of their sins and allowing Jesus to infill them with his spirit for the very first time. Peter added that the promise was for generations, church, to follow, to you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter stated that they needed such power to uh, withstand, as you notice he says here in verse uh, uh, 40, he says, to be able to withstand an untoward generation. What does that mean? It means warped or perverse or crooked. Uh, sounds to me a lot like 2024. Warped, perverse, crooked. He said, you got to have this spirit if you're going to be able to withstand an untoward generation. And that preaching affected at least 3,000 people that day, and they responded to the message, received the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, as verse 41 says, uh, they were baptized. And according to what Peter had said in verse 88, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. That was the beginning, the starting point the compass setting, the direction to follow, the road map for the future. That's what happened on that empowering day of Pentecost. That's where the launch, church, happened to create revival for the church. Uh, if you want to call it the spiritual Red Bull of the day. I've never had one of those. I've never needed one. But it kicked them into high gear where the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. <laughs> Something powerful took place that day that changed the direction of the church forever. 
And folks, that same power is the same power you feel in the house of the Lord this morning. It's not watered down. It hasn't got old. It's not become stale or stagnant. When you walked into the house of the Lord this morning, you felt the presence of the outpouring of His Spirit that happened 2,000 years ago. Amen. And then there's almost like there's a pause between verse 41 and verse 42. Then the writer, Luke, he picks up quickly and he gives uh, uh, some important information that I want to share our vision about today. It says, and they continued steadfastly. It's like there was a little pause and then all of a sudden he said, and they continued steadfastly. That means they received it, retained it, and acted upon its principles. Those words continued steadfastly just means attending to one or remaining by his side, never leaving or forsaking him. It means that once you started following Jesus, that was it. That they were not going anywhere else. There was nothing else more important. Uh, they would remain by his side. There was nothing that would take priority over serving him. I don't know what it was like for you. But that's what happened to me 40 some years ago. I made a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, and that decision was final. Yes, there's been ups and downs and there's been trials uh, and tribulations, uh, trauma, uh, all kinds of life's experience. Uh, but something happened to me when he filled me with his spirit uh, that I said I'm going to continue steadfastly. I'm by your side, God. I'm here all the way. What does uh, society say about continuing? It says be your own God. Do your own thing. Make yourself feel happy. If you don't feel happy, do whatever you have to do to do it. You deserve to be happy. Well, I'm not here to tell you you don't deserve or deserve. I'm just here to tell you that when you make a decision, amen, to follow Jesus, you'll make the best decision ever in your life. And there's nowhere else you need to go. Nowhere else. Listen, society, I, I thought I'd look it up. What does society say about continuing life? This is just the first page of Google. Okay? 30 things to start doing right now to improve your life. Five things we pursue for simple life. 20 most important things in life to remember. 20 things you can't control, but this is how you let them go. 57 things other people want from life. Seven most important things in life. 101 things to do before you die. That's the bucket list. That was just the first page of Google. And then I thought, I wonder how many options there are. So I went to the top. It says there were 16,550,000,000 results to read about continuing life. I didn't have time to list them all. 16,550,000,000. They got to be so many million, they don't even go down past 10 millions. 550,000,000. That was kind of the cutoff line. All the things that people are offering 
to be able to continue in life. I mean, there's one idea to another. I'm here to share just four points to you that Google doesn't have. I'm here to share four points to you how to continue in 2024. I'm here to give you an unveiling of what's going to happen in 2024. And that's we're going to continue steadfastly. We're going to continue steadfastly in four different areas. The Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship and in Breaking of Bread and in Prayer. It didn't come from Google. It came long before Google. The theme for 2024 is simply continue. Continue how? Steadfastly. That's like nothing else matters. That's receiving it, retaining it, and acting upon it. Steadfastly in what? The Apostles' Doctrine, Fellowship, Breaking of Bread, and Prayer. I just want to share with you about these four topics today. We are blessed to be part of a great church, a great family of God, long ways from perfect. You don't have perfect leadership, and the people beside you or in front of you or behind you are not perfect either. But we have made a decision that we're going to continue steadfastly, first of all, in the Apostles' Doctrine. See, in the scripture, it means simply teaching. And the expression here denotes that they continued to attend unto the instruction of what the apostles had done. One evidence of a conversion is a desire to be instructed in the doctrines of the Bible. The willingness to attend unto what the word of God says and to include that word of God into your life. It is absolutely crucial in 2024 that we do not stray from the doctrine. Doesn't matter what the world says and it doesn't matter what the world portrays. We're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The teachings of the word of God. Not what pastor desires, not what some help, help book gives you as advice. Know what the Word of God says. First of all, it speaks about the very existence of God. The first verse of the Bible introduces God as the creator of this great universe. The Bible does not say you have to try to prove that God exists. It automatically assumes that He is the existence. It's a fundamental belief. Creation itself witnesses that there's an intelligent, omnipotent, omniscient God forever present amen all powerful and all knowing amen you may and I may not know everything about him but he is sovereign and he is in control this is his world and his universe and you're his creation and he's your savior the existence of God is not going to change that is part of the doctrine you can try to become your own God, but it will never, ever work. Never. The Bible is the infallible word of God. 
It's inspired by God. That literally means God breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We're going to still preach the doctrine of the Bible. Jesus Christ is both God and man. He's the one God incarnate. Paul said, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. God manifested in the flesh, both our God and Savior. Amen. The apostles' doctrine is still going to be what we continue steadfastly in 2024. That he is God and he's God alone. There's no one like him, no one beside him. He's got no rival and he's got no equal. The doctrine that New Testament salvation is still essential. Salvation by grace through faith. A saving faith that believes on Jesus Christ and his word. The obedience to the gospel of the new, the new birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fulfilled in each of our lives by a new birth experience of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance. Listen, church, we can do all kinds of things in 2024, but the most important thing that could ever happen is a New Testament salvation be continued in steadfastly. Yeah. A life of holiness and Christian living. The Christian walk, it's a daily walk of faith. And the Bible does not teach unconditional security, but rather that each person, amen, lives by an obedient faith. And if we remain in him, that's the assurance. That's how I get to have an assurance, if I remain in him. And that Christian life includes things like prayer and study and attendance and submission and godly leadership and giving and worship and fasting and holiness. Amen. It's a part of the, of the apostles' doctrine that we continue in steadfastly. We can't stray from those things. That's what's got us to where we are, and that's what will take us uh, all the way. The, the apostles' doctrine of, of the second coming, Jesus' church, uh, is returning for his church. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Don't let us ever stop preaching about the coming of Jesus Christ. Don't get too comfortable with this world and what's happening because he's coming back for his church and we're going to continue to preach it in 2024. Oh, pastor, we've heard that so many times. We've heard it preached so many times. We're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It's number one. Number two, we're going to continue in fellowship. The word fellowship is 
often, often rendered communion. It properly denotes that people who have things in common or participate together, society or friendship. It may apply to anything which may be possessed in common or in which we all may partake. We would use words like connections, spending time together, chatting. Depending where you're from in the province, it might be having a say. It's where I grew up. Having people over or getting together. There was such an excitement in the early church with their newfound salvation. But they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in which they would make connections. And that fellowship, it didn't assume that people had other people in their lives. Don't assume that everyone else already has connections. Lots of people don't have connections. There's people sitting in this church right now that are lonely. Okay, I'm just going to stop and let it all settle because that's the truth. And sometimes assumptions are made. Well, you know, everyone's got so many friends and everyone's so busy and everyone's got so many people to invite them and blah, 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 blah. It's not true. It's not true. If we're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, it's just as important to continue steadfastly in fellowship, making connections, getting together, and having a say, looking across the table just over a, a tea or a coffee or hot chocolate. The early church was caught up in fellowship. 2024 needs to be a year where you become intentional about making connections with other people. Don't just wait for other people to come to you. You go to other people. Turn the television off and spend some time with people. You might even want to get rid of your Netflix and invite someone over. Put the phone actually down and talk to someone in real. Resist the urge of selfishness and actually listen to people. Communicate. Spend time with others. Invite them to your home. Meet them in the park. Go skating with Brother and Sister Robertson. You had to be here the other day to hear that. Take a drive and eat a meal together. Be active in some event. Connect with people that are different than you. Let me tell you this morning, if you're young, young people, find a, an older, an elder of this church and say, I just want to sit with you and hear life's experience of how you got to this point of your life. What kept you in the church? What kept you so faithful? And what allowed you to be able to hold on for this length of time and progress and prosper? 
You'll never, ever, ever feel bad about spending time with an older person who gets to tell you how they got to where they are. And if you're an older person in this church, find a young person and talk to them about their energy and their enthusiasm and their ideas and their motives and, and what they can't, uh, what they can do in life and what they expect to do. As an older person, sit with someone young and listen to how awesome they are. I thought the young people would all say amen to that. doesn't just have to be people like you. Fellowship is where you embrace people and you continue to improve and be intentional in 2024. I've given you, as it was past you on the way in, to save the dates. And there, are, there are particular dates in there where the church is going to be intentional about fellowship. And we're going to do that as a church, but you've got to do it on your own time as individuals as well. It's got to be that you spend time with people of like precious faith. That's not to get together to discuss all the bad things that's happened. Not to tell, talk about how bad the music is and wish the Sunday school would do this and the youth's a mess and the pastor doesn't know what he's doing. It's not the time to do that. That's not fellowship. That's gossip and backbiting and division. That's not what they were doing. They were doing the opposite of that. They were getting together to make connection and to talk about how awesome God was because that's what led them into the next part of what they continued and the next part of what they continued was breaking a bread the Syriac renders this the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper other commentaries explains it as a combination of partaking of an ordinary food together or a feast or charity communing together as you commune together what does that mean? You sit around the table and eat with Jesus in mind. You get to talk about how awesome he is. That's what they did. Maybe a scripture was brought up and all of a sudden a wonderful discussion happened. had nothing to do with troubles and it had nothing to do with all the terrible things. It had to do with all the wonderful things. And so when you study what breaking of bread was, you have to understand how the Hebrews made bread. So we make bread to cut. They made bread to break. And their bread that it's speaking of in this, this verse, it was like thin crusty or little hard pieces of bread where the, the head of the home would take and he would break off a piece and give it to you. 
And it was a sign of intimate friendship that you had. You weren't meeting together to discuss problems or situations or people or things. No, all of a sudden, the breaking of bread happened. There was a friendship that took place that you are becoming part of our family. And we're going to commune together as we commune together. What an incredible understanding of getting together, not only for fellowship, that can happen anywhere, but then you invite people to the table of your house to talk about how great Jesus is. And as you start to talk about how awesome he is, let me tell you, his presence will fill the room. It'll fill the conversation. It will fill your family. There's way too many families that are focused on life and all the terrible things of life. It's time to get together with people and make connections with the King of Kings and commune with him. I don't want to come to your house to watch a movie. I want to come to your house to talk about how awesome Jesus has been in your life. As you, the head of that home, break that bread of friendship, camaraderie, being on the same team, being part of the same family, all of a sudden is highlighted and you continue steadfastly in breaking a bread. This is what happened in the early church. We make it a way too complicated. Just follow what the word says. Get together and make connections. And why not have a bite to eat? Man, that's amazing. I'm liking it already. This is what they did in the early church. We, we think we've got to have some, you know, some new fancy way to attract people. No, no, no. People just want to have friends. If you're looking for some pie-in-the-sky vision for 2024, you've come to the wrong church. We're just going to follow what the Bible did in the book of Acts. They listened and followed the scripture. They made connections with people they didn't know. And they said, let's have some communion together. And then they ended, they ended this verse with prayer. Supplication to God for an increase of grace in your life and in your soul. A prayer for the establishment of truth that you can receive into your life. Prayer to be an extension of the kingdom of, of, of God and, and the salvation of men and women, families within this city. See, prayer is the fuel, it's the power, the source, the energy to accomplish everything that we envision for 2024. 
over the next four weeks, we'll focus with some prayer and fasting. I'd like you to set aside this coming week. Maybe, maybe there's a meal that you could set aside. Maybe some could even do a whole day. or Maybe some could do multiple days. And, and if you plan on going more than three days, then you really need to ask God to lead you in that. But it's the continue. It's the continuing uh, steadfastly in prayer. That was the key, amen, to the, the revival of the first generational church. And if we think that Mission Point and this city is going to be changed without prayer, we are badly mistaken. We get excited talking about the doctrine, and we should. And we love fellowship, and that we should. Breaking of bread's a lot of fun as well. And rightfully so. But it's all hinged on prayer. And prayer is the absolute key to end time revival as we move forward. We're going to continue to pray. Listen, we kicked off last year with a desire to see 120 at least in prayer on Friday nights. We're going to continue with that vision. I want to see at least 120. Listen, with the hundreds of people we have attending our church, 120 on Friday night should be nothing. Nothing else should. Listen, if you're in the city, you're not working or you're not away, there should be nothing else that takes the place of your prayer time. The neglect of prayer is affecting people's personal lives it's affecting their homes and if it affects your personal life and it affects your home it will affect the church if your house is a mess and I'm not talking about stuff all over the place but your house if it's a mess if the people in your house are a mess you have to ask yourself about your prayer life. Are you praying together? Are you praying as a couple? And are you praying as a family? Stop trying to find out the solution for all kinds of things other ways. Find yourself the way they did it in Acts chapter 2. They continued steadfastly in prayer. I didn't expect it to get too exciting. Pastor will help you as much as I can. I don't mind listening and trying to give some small pieces of advice. But nothing will compare to you finding yourself lost in prayer for a solution to your situation and your family. It's prayer that changes things. It's prayer that puts things back together. 2024, it needs to be a year of prayer. Don't be too busy to pray. People are dying spiritually because of lack of prayer. 
Mm. Oh, God, stir our very innermost being. People are giving up on family and giving up on friends and giving up on kids and giving up on marriages and giving up on all kinds of stuff. But prayer has not been the focus. Can I just give you a little bit of what happened in the early church and how they focused on prayer? This is what it says. In Acts chapter 3, the disciples went to the temple at the hour of prayer. Acts 4, when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. In Acts 6, they gave themselves continually to prayer. In Acts 9, Peter prayed and Tabitha arose. In Acts 10, Cornelius prayed and he was heard. Acts 12, prayer was made without ceasing for Peter while he was in prison. In Acts 13, when they had fasted and prayed, Paul and Barnabas was sent on their missionary journey. Acts 14, they fasted and prayed and then ordained elders. Acts 16, prayer was made before they met with the damsel and the spirit of divination was cast out. Acts 16, Paul and Silas prayed while they were in prison and suddenly there was an opening of the prison. Acts 20, they prayed with Paul before he left on the ship. In Acts 21, Paul prayed while he was on his missionary journey. In Acts 22, Paul is sharing his testimony and he tells them it through prayer. Acts 23, a young man is being brought and he's bringing the message to the chief captain. He does it through prayer. Acts 28, Paul prayed for the father of Publius and he was healed. I think you're getting maybe the point through that, hopefully. Throughout the whole book of the early church, the, the focus was prayer. 2024 must be a year of focus on prayer. It will strengthen you as an individual. It will strengthen you as a family. It will strengthen us as a church. Music come. In 2024, we're going to continue. Hear me. Continue. We're not holding our place. We're not holding the fort. No, no. We're going to continue. We're going to continue moving forward. We're going to keep the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. That's what will get us to where God wants us to go. I'm so thankful for the new people that are in service this morning. And thank you for joining us. I holler and scream almost every Sunday. But there is a passion within me as a pastor that I want to reach our city. I love people of our city. I love all the cultures of our city. I'm so thankful that our church is multicultural. It's multi-generational. I thank God for that. It's a church that's been built on doctrine. It's a church that's been built on fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. And so this morning, it's a, it's a reminder of us continuing, continuing 
Maybe there's some areas in your own life personally that need to improve and maybe need to, you need to be more intentional about whether it's in doctrine or fellowship or breaking of bread or prayer. Whatever one, maybe it's more than one. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe you've never, never given your heart to the Lord before. Maybe this is just a new beginning for you. This is a great day to start. This is a church that believes in the things of the Word of God. It believes in getting together and making connections. You can invite me over anytime you like. I just invited myself. What a wonderful thing that happens when the family of God gets together and just talks about how great God is. I get to do that at wherever I see people that attend this church and people who don't attend yet just talk about how great Jesus is. And then we get to come together and spend time in prayer together, have our own prayer lives, and we join for different times without the week and have prayer together. This is, this is what the early church did. And they continued, continued steadfastly. They got a hold of it. They retained it. And they said there's not going to be anything else more important than that. And in that Acts chapter 2, yeah, in that Acts chapter 2 beginning, right at the day of Pentecost, that started. And it kicked off where the church turned the world upside down. Oh, God, help us. I said this at prayer on Friday night. Me and Rufus were getting ready. We're going to be meeting a group, 38 people in our city. 38 people in our city that are gathering. Listen, God's got some incredible things in store for 2024, church. I can't even... I can't even express how awesome all the things that God is doing. Do what, do what Brother Beek said on Wednesday night. Get your eyes on the right thing. Get your eyes on the right thing. And, and make sure you're seeing what God wants you to see. And, and take a hold of our theme for 2024. Doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread prayer. Would you stand? I'm just leaving the altar open to you this morning. Maybe one of those areas, maybe more than one, maybe all of them are areas that you need to talk to God about. Today's the day to do it. I just gave you a small little description of each one. There's much more that could be said. But if every person in this building this morning purposely, intentionally focused on those four things in 2024, there is no telling what God could do suddenly in your life uh, this coming year. No telling. So I'm just going to open the altar for everyone that would desire to come and spend some time just talking to the Lord this morning.
about what has been cast as the vision. For Mission Point, our satellite churches in 2024, where we're going to continue steadfastly in what got us to where we are right now. We're going to make connections and get together. We're going to commune and share how awesome Jesus is and talk about what He's done in our lives and what He continues to do. And we're going to cover, we're going to cover that with prayer. Come right up. Make, make sure there's room for everyone to get through. Amen. Fill this altar this morning. Amen. Don't let, don't let 2024 kick off without you purposing in your heart and in your life this morning what you want Jesus to do through your life this year and what He wants to do through your life as well. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.